Welcome to the Healthcare Policy Podcast. I'm the host, David Intracasso. During this podcast, we'll discuss the work by DC's Mary's Center to innovate healthcare delivery via a $15 million grant made possible by the Affordable Care Act. With me to discuss this work is Mary's Center's Gina Pistolka. Gina, welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Let me begin, as always, with some uh, background. The Affordable Care Act created the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, otherwise called CMMI. In part, it's tasked to fund competitive rather innovation awards that propose new payment and service delivery models that have a high likelihood of improving care and reducing costs for Medicare and Medicaid. What makes this program different is that if demonstrations prove to be successful, CMS can implement or scale up the delivery and payment reform nationally within the Medicare Medicaid programs without seeking congressional authority. In 2012, CMMI awarded 107 of first-round innovation awards. A second round of awards are anticipated this summer. One recipient of the first-round award was Washington, D.C.'s Mary Center. Again, with me to discuss the work they've been doing um, over the past two years with their innovation award is Dr. Gina Pistolka. As always, the bio is posted on the website. So with that, let's begin. Uh, Gina, sort of the fundamental question is, can you briefly describe for me uh, the work of, of Mary Center? Sure. So um, Mary Center is a federally qualified health center. Um, it started in uh, 25 years ago to really um, meet the needs of an immigrant population at that time. Since then, it has really developed a model to support uh, holistically a person who might not be able to utilize um, the health system in a traditional manner. It, it really supports families to be healthy um, and support children to uh, reach more economic opportunities. It has a wraparound service delivery model which includes health care, dental, mental health, social services, education, it has um, a very strong program of health promotion, as well as a teen program that supports youth after school, etc. And there's been a lot of success in terms of quality and outcomes for the population there. People stay there for their lifetimes, and it's a real model. And Mary Center has recently submitted uh, for PCMH recognition through the National Committee for Quality Assurance. So, so primary care medical home. Correct. And just curiously, how can you give me a guessment? How many total patients does Mary Center serve? Um, as of this year, I believe it's thirty-four thousand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, in my website introduction, I note you've created with this CMMI award the Capital Clinical Integrated Network. So let's go into that. Who is in the network, and how, at least on paper, is it designed to function? So Mary Center came together with a number of stakeholders in the healthcare community, uh, including community health centers, other federally qualified health centers, Providence Hospital, and DC Primary Care Association, as well as two managed care organizations. At the time, it was Chartered Health and uh, United Healthcare. I think the entities really felt that coordination of care hadn't been effective or efficient, the population that we're focused on is the Medicaid population who were experiencing a lot of issues around poverty, mental health issues, um, housing, um, and other 
just access to primary care and really felt that through better coordination, better communication, we could be able to reduce cost and improve the health of that population in the city. And, and it really brought together some community health centers who have familiarity and experience working together, but who really came together to, to reach a unified goal um, and, and look beyond the individual entities, but really try to focus on something together. And that was aligned with um, the goals of the city, DC Healthcare Finance, to improve the health and reduce costs for this population. So two years ago, this entity, or Mary Center, was awarded this grant to develop this care coordination system from both a technology and a high-touch intervention standpoint. So from one perspective, we really are working on partnerships among the different entities to improve how we're working together to design better systems of integration and workflow and also to improve the technology the way we're communicating through developing a, a health information exchange a community hub among these entities and we've we've been very successful so far in, in really coming together to design a very unique community hub that will be able to exchange information and to improve that coordination from a communication provider standpoint into the community as well as um, provide analytics that will help the city better understand health issues that are developing and ways that health centers are really um, attacking some of those issues and, and really achieving some outcomes that we might not know about. So, so the assumption here is that all the providers in this network are using electronic medical records. Correct. And because they're using EMRs, they're able then to share their information electronically through this health information exchange you created. That's correct. Okay. And let me just quickly ask as an aside, are you using disease registries at all in your analytics? So we are, there are some disease registries that are reported to the Department of Health. We are following a lot of the analytics that we need to provide for different reasons. For example, a federally qualified health center needs to report on analytics around preventative measures as well as um, management of disease. Hospitals have to provide information on utilization of hospital readmissions. The PCMH, we have other preventative types of analytics that we're, we're going to report. Okay. So it's a vast amount. Um, the health department is is very interested in um, adding to those analytics. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. so you did mention the motivation for creating this capital clinical integrated network was largely um, to improve care coordination. So let's go to the actual clinical practice or implementation of this CCIN. And that starts with your hiring, uh, per your award announcement, 44, some approximate number thereof, healthcare workers and care coordinators. So what are they tasked to do? So we strongly believed that you need, technology is one layer of intervention, but you can't replace the human intervention. And, and you said high touch early. High touch. Right. And community health workers have been used in other models and have been successful in really supporting peers and commu fellow community people um, to achieve certain behavior change. Um, Notoriously difficult. 
It is. Um, it's very, very difficult. And but this model has been used, and and we really feel that our intervention is supporting the start of that behavior change. Our community health workers are coaching. They go into their homes and they educate on chronic illness. They educate on um, the importance of of how to utilize the healthcare system, um, what the different levels of care are for, the ver urgent care versus emergency care versus primary care. Our overall objective is to really engage the person in their own health as well as engage them in, with their primary care provider. We are trying to promote the continuity of care and really support the person in advocating for themselves and in, in um, and getting the services they need from their primary care providers. So as I said, we do coaching, we do a lot of education, we do our own, uh, we do data collection um, in terms of understanding level of depression, risk factors, environmental, social violence, etc. The social determinants. The social determinants. And we support a person in activating their own means of, of getting what they need. So we help them um, call for assistance in housing, that we help them call their insurance company for their own benefits. Um, we help them advocate if there is some quality or, or satisfaction issues at their healthcare center. So we do a lot of that type of um, intervention. And then our, our RN care coordinators are available. Um, they support the community health workers. We do develop patient-centered plans of care. So it's a, the participant really identifies those goals that they have for themselves. And as well, we have goals that we'd like to see them connect with their primary care provider. But we do assist them in achieving those goals. And the RNs are there to support the development of those care plans, as well as supporting medication teaching and other health teaching. So with the two um, different roles, we have quite a bit of support for our participant in our program. Um, and then the behavior change piece, we are looking for people to make good decisions regarding their utilization, whether they're going to the ED versus their primary care provider, that they're adhering to prescription regimens, or they're able to communicate with their provider on whether they, they're changing that or not, implementing lifestyle changes, and finding tra transportation options that are not the ambulance services. <laughs> so so you did get into the, the clinical elements uh, of this program. Right. It's nice to hear you talk about the non-medical because, of course, medical care is, accounts for what's estimated to be only 10 to 50 percent of one's health status. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, in part this sounds like, and you did just note, using the ED versus the primary care, obviously you want to avoid the former and have them use the Correct. latter. Correct, yes. So to some extent, this is, in the literature, would be a program that's helping to reduce utilization amongst those so-called super-utilizers. Right. To keep them out of the hospital, to do better self-management, to be the agent for their own health care. Correct. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Now I'm particularly interested, you did touch upon uh, social service supports. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you say a bit more about that? Sure. Um, well, as you noted, a lot of what happens in someone's life has, is related to their social determinants. It doesn't have a lot to do with um, their health care, necessarily. We see a lot of people who are homeless, who are in shelters, who don't have food, 
who have environmental issues in their home, mold, pests, um, who are in violent situations um, or have been exposed to violence in their community, alcohol, substance abuse, those are they're major issues for the people we serve. So the clinics we work with have so many great services and those wraparound services are critical to the support a person will need to be healthy um, in a holistic sense. And that is something that we work hard on in making sure that people are linked to the right services. We are not providing the ongoing mental health services or uh, social services. We work hard to link them to the appropriate services within their primary care setting. So refer them. We refer them. Um, we also are working with our the core service agencies in the city who are agencies meant to support and provide a health home for persistent and severe mental illness. Those participants often have a lot of health care needs in addition to the mental health, and so we're working hard to connect um, those different health homes, mental health with ambulatory care. And in addition, I already mentioned that transportation, but that is an issue for people. They often don't have transportation that's easy to their clinics. They have been utilizing ambulance services in place of any other service uh, that they they aren't aware necessarily that they're their health plan provides transportation if they plan ahead. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of um, teaching people what services are there, what resources are available, who to call when they need to, um, how to develop that relationship with their healthcare provider, and then also, you know, our participants really develop a strong relationship with our community health workers, and they end up calling them if they have extra needs and, and need for other resources. So that's okay. what we end up okay. Before I ask you about what outcomes to years in you've been able to uh, see so far, let me ask you th this question. What's been the most challenging aspect of doing this or something that's been the most difficult to, you think, address adequately or as comprehensively as you'd like? Um, well, I think in terms of the actual intervention, um, people have a lot of needs and I think that as we go here we have an, an opportunity to really evaluate our intervention and see where we might need to make some changes if we need to extend the the program for a certain subset of the population or um, I think you know that's one area the other I think the real critical element that has been the biggest challenge is the changing healthcare environment in the in the district, um, which is not necessarily directly something we're in control of. Over the last year and a half, the city has awarded contracts with different managed care organizations. And so those partnerships are really critical. The city buy-in, the, the managed care organizations working with us, that's a real critical component. And, and that's been a real challenge with the change. So um, we have achieved partnerships with the different entities, but it, you know, the level of commitment or ability to commit to our program, we, we rely on that. We rely on mm -hmm. the commitment. So it's been a real challenge. That's been... So the market know. dynamics cause chaos, which causes, you know, compromised relationships. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let me ask finally then, uh, two years in again of the three-year program, what, you have some preliminary data or where do you think you've been uh, successful? 
Um, well, in terms of we are still in the process of collecting claims information in order for us to be monitoring adequately the utilization and cost. I know from a more of a qualitative standpoint, our participation satisfaction is extremely high. And um, we have a number of stories of change from our participants who are extremely satisfied, although they'd wish the program would go on and on. But we have caught medication errors. We've supported the weight loss of participants that they've definitely connected with their primary care and have been able to find housing by utilizing the resources that are at hand. We've made those connections to, to mental health and participants have been um, able to advocate for their, their own health care. So that's exciting to see from a story, individual story standpoint. In terms of the utilization trends, we so far see utilization going in the direction we'd like it to meaning a decrease in that emergency department hospitalization, those high cost drivers, um, a decrease in those, those areas, and an a slight increase in primary care provision of care. That's what we were hoping to see. Um, and the cost data is going in the direction we hope, so, or we're hoping for. So that's good news. I can't tell you numbers at this point, but I, um, but that is something we're monitoring and we're hoping to um, see very soon. So you're trending favorably. We are trending favorably, yeah. yeah. And we are very close to deploying our Health Information Exchange Community Hub, and that's a huge win for the city and for our, our providers. And, you know, I think that we do have a vision of this growing and this becoming a model that the city can use. Permanently. Permanently. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Gina, with that, I'm sorry to say we're at our time boundary. So thank you again for your time, and I wish you every success with this program. Thank you very much.